to the Unorthodox Christian. I'm your host, Friar Tuck, and today we are giving thanks. This holiday has been hijacked by retail companies in a few different ways. One subtle tactic is how stores change their decorations from Halloween straight into Christmas. These are big shopping holidays, but somehow they skip right over the holiday that is about being thankful for what you already have. Another trick by retail stores is to have the biggest shopping day of the year be the day after you attempt to be content with all you have. Nothing makes you want to ditch your old stuff for new stuff like a 50% off sale. Still another way they try to infiltrate your holidays is when they keep you focused on creating the perfect gathering with fine tablecloths and dishes, a huge meal cooked on new appliances, and beautiful furniture for everyone to sit on. Here's the thing. We all know the tricks being played on us. And yet, we still go along with it in our consumer-driven culture. It's just how the system works. But what if it didn't? What if Thanksgiving took over the weekend, maybe even the month? Is it possible to stay in a state of thankfulness all the time? That's what we're going to explore this week. A story from the ministry of Jesus goes like this. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. One out of ten? Really? They went from being the worst outcasts, sick, starving, and dying to completely healed, and only one came back to say thank you? Leprosy is a horrible disease and very contagious. Once you came down with it in those days, you were cast out of society where you were forced to yell, UNCLEAN, anytime someone came near you. A leper lost everything. I wonder why the others didn't bother to give thanks after such a miraculous change. Maybe in all the excitement of being able to be with family and friends again, they forgot to go back and say thank you. Perhaps the ability to be in large crowds at the market buying and selling goods kept their mind distracted with all the possibilities. Then there's the thought of having a day off from all the pain, sickness, stress, and humiliation that came with the disease. A day of rest where you don't have to focus on work or stress. A day to turn the mind off and indulge. Whatever the reason, we quickly recognize that 1 out of 10 is not a good percentage of thankfulness. As America spends a holiday doing whatever they do, can it be possible to miss the whole point? And I'll let you in on a little secret. The first Thanksgiving meal had nothing to do with pilgrims and the New World. In fact, that story of pilgrims and natives is a horrible story. Tribes of Native Americans actually spend Thanksgiving Day in mourning and protest. Once again, we've taken a tragedy, glamorized it, and then sold it to the masses. The reality is settlers massacred the natives, brought deadly diseases, and stole their lands. Watching people today trampling others and fighting over toys makes me wonder if we should celebrate this holiday at all. The idea of taking a day to remember to be thankful sounds great. 
But if we're so far gone that we have to remind ourselves one out of 365 days a year, we need to be thankful, we're far more gone than those nine lepers who forgot to say thank you. We have to start somewhere, though, and focusing on the negative doesn't help much. So how do we begin to have a thankful heart that recognizes the blessings and responds with gratitude? Change can be hard, and this is why I like to use it as an acronym for successful change. H stands for hope. And it all starts here. Without hope, there's no reason to try and make things better. Hope drives us. It lifts us up when we fall. It allows us to see things for what they could be and not just how they are or have been. I'm not talking about the kind of hope where we get to go to some kind of paradise someday. I'm talking about the hope that you can have a better life now. What did Jesus say to the leper at the end of the story? Your faith has made you well. The leper had hope that this Jesus could heal him. And then he took action. His first action was to call out to Jesus for help instead of yelling unclean. Yelling unclean surrenders to the current state of things. Help me is a cry of hope. His second action was to get up and go to the priest. Jesus told them to go and present themselves to the priest, and on the way they were healed. In order to be allowed back into society after having a disease one had to show the priest that they were free from sickness. The priest would then declare them clean and free to enter society again. So hope meant the lepers had to start moving, even when they weren't healed yet. Sometimes we want the end result so bad that we get paralyzed because of our current failures. If your mindset is hopelessness, you probably won't find yourself in a thankful place. In fact, it has been my experience that in these hopeless times, I curse, I get angry, and I blame others. So, yeah, not very thankful. The next letter, A, stands for attitude. We've talked about the power of positivity before, and it's very applicable here. When we wallow in self-pity and doubt, there's very little that we can think of to be thankful for. This is the concept behind the glasses half empty or half full. Optimism can take the same situation and find the good in it. Growing up, there was a man who we called Grandpa Dick. Dick was his name, so it was appropriate to call him that. Anyway, his job was to be the maintenance keeper of the church. His whole job was to fix broken stuff, which could leave you bitter that things are always breaking, or optimistic that you get to restore broken things. Give them new life. He chose to focus on the goodness of life. He had a saying that he always used whenever someone asked, Hey, how you doing? His response was, Better than I was, not as good as I'm going to be. I love that saying. I want that to be my life mantra. Things are always getting better. With that attitude, thankfulness is a daily thing because you're choosing to focus on the good things in your life. Next in our acronym comes R. R stands for reframing. We've talked about this in past episodes too, but to summarize, this is about taking any situation and finding the good within it and focus and move towards that. Reframing is about changing your trajectory. When you're learning to ride a motorcycle, one of the first things they tell you is that you go wherever you look. When you want to turn, you don't simply turn the handlebars. Instead, you look where you want to go, and your body moves that way, and the bike does too. This is true for life as well. 
For change to happen, you must turn and focus on what you want and not the obstacle you're trying to avoid. Thankfulness comes as we find success moving down the path towards change. Part of that reframing means we take a moment to be thankful of the progress, but we also continue to look ahead to the good things yet to come. Now, the last letter, D, stands for discipline, because let's face it, all this takes work, effort, and willingness to change. We are creatures of habit, and unless we discipline ourselves to make the changes in our lives, most of the time we will give up. Being thankful takes discipline. For some people, they make a daily habit of writing in a gratitude journal. Some people give thanks before each meal. Others place reminders in spots where they'll notice them throughout the day. Whatever you do, thankfulness takes practice. It sounds funny to say, but remember history shows us that, at best, one in ten people respond to life with thankfulness. Our nation gives one day out of a year. Unless we train our brain to look for the good in life instead of the bad, we're going to be stuck in our pessimism. Years ago, when I worked as a youth pastor, I took a group of high school students to Mexico to build a house for a family who needed a roof over their heads badly. We spent the next week in the depths of poverty building a small 10 by 15 foot two-room home. The experience was eye-opening and humbling to say the least, as we realized how many people of the world live compared to our American lifestyle. The last night we were there, the family, out of gratitude, fixed us a giant meal. We ate until our bellies were full. I was blown away by their generosity, especially after spending the week in their neighborhood. This family didn't have money to feed us all. But to me, this, this was Thanksgiving. There are times when I leave an encounter with people and my heart is filled with joy. Sometimes it's over a conversation at Jack in the Box. Other times, it's a weekend spend with friends. These moments are easy to be thankful for, and I try to be thankful whenever I feel that joy. But let's face it, life's not all puppies, rainbows, and unicorns all the time, so is there a way to be thankful even when life seems to be crumbling around you? I would say these are the times you desperately need to be thankful to find any shred of goodness in all the mess. A quote from the book, The Shack says, this mess is you and it is wild and beautiful and perfectly in process. To you, it seems like a mess. But God sees a perfect pattern emerging and growing and alive. Somewhere, we got into our minds that life is supposed to be a certain way. And when it's not, things are going wrong. Thankfulness recognizes that sometimes our life mess is shaping us into something beautiful. This is one of the problems with social media. We spend our time looking in the window of a perfectly manicured life, dreaming it could be us. But it's not. It's probably not them either. When we're thankful, we find contentment and are at peace with the way things are. Could the secret of a happy life be this simple? Thankfulness understands that at this moment, this is all we get. And we can choose to spend it wanting for what we don't have or enjoying whatever we do have. 
Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, wrote, I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Yes, that is the context of that quote. It has nothing to do with winning football games or having the power to win in life. The verse is about being thankful and content in any situation because we have a God who loves us and knows our needs. Again, this is another topic we have covered in past episodes. God gives us all we need to get through this moment and then again in the next moment. We're never promised to have all we need for whatever is coming in the future. God will take care of the future in the future. Contentment and thankfulness comes from being fully present in this moment and recognizing that we're alive and that's enough. So, my friends, may you find joy in the darkness and the light because both have their place in life. May you find contentment wherever you have much or little. May you develop the habit of being thankful seeing the beauty even in the mess. And may you become the kind of person who celebrates Thanksgiving every day, because in every moment of life, love wins. Hey.